What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Factory Report. I am Luke Grembin. And I'm Caleb Burlingame. And today we're going to be doing a fancy football sleeper deep dive with special guest Hayden Vassar. This is the Factory Report. Quick correction from last week. Uh, we mentioned Trevor Ariza, uh, an NBA player. Uh, we say he played for the Suns when, in fact, he played for the Blazers. So we just want to make sure we're completely honest with you guys. So um, That's my now, fault, too, because I agreed with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, today we have a very special guest. I would like to introduce the talented, the knowledgeable, and the beautiful Hayden Vassar. Hayden, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thank you. I think you hyped me up a little too much. I don't want to under sell or like let the listeners down but yeah I'm, I'm pretty beautiful i would say i think that's a pretty apt description i'd agree i was <laughs> uh, yeah. doing wonders for my yeah, ego right now all right now let's get into the meat and potatoes today we will each be presenting five sleeper picks for your fancy draft our hopes is to give you some dirty little secret picks that will help you absolutely crush your fantasy league um so on this show guest gets the first take Hayden, who you got for us? You know, I really appreciate you saying it like a dirty little kind of sleeper pick because that's what I really did. I really wanted to get deep dive kind of names that not everybody really knows. And mm -hmm. the first guy mm -hmm. on my list is Antonio Gibson. And if you don't know who that is, you need to Google this man's name. He played wide receiver mm -hmm. at the University of Memphis, and he got drafted by the Washington football team. And now I know, I know you're already going to say it. Washington's going to be bad this year. I know they're going to be bad. Mm -hmm. But that is also why I'm saying you should draft this man. Because I think Washington's going to be one of the worst teams in the league, which could equal tons of garbage time, which could equal tons of potential scenarios where this man could see the field. Now, I said he was mm -hmm. a wide receiver, okay? But he's listed as Washington as a running back. That's important because he can play both running back and wide receiver. He was a multi-tool threat in college, could do kick returns, scored multiple receiving touchdowns, scored multiple rushing touchdowns, and according to multiple beat reporters for Washington, he's been lining up with the wide receivers in practice, going to a lot of wide receiver uh, meetings. What I'm trying to say is this man is going to see a lot of the field, especially with their former lead back, Darius Geis, being arrested on uh, domestic violence charges. Uh, yeah. So Adrian Peterson is there, and now Antonio Gibson's going to get a more increased share of the carries and receptions. So this is the kind of guy, if you could use like a flex player, I'm not saying get him as like a running back two or a wide receiver two, but he is going to get some carries and he's going to get a fair amount of receptions. So if you like need a flex player, this is like the literal perfect definition of that. Antonio Gibson. So he's kind of like he's kind of like DJ Moore. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, kind of. I think that's a fair way to put it. Okay, interesting. Do you believe in in uh, Dwayne Haskins' ability to get him the ball, though? Oh God, that that's something I talked about on my show. Is that one of the reasons why I think Washington is going to be one of the worst? Is they don't even know who their quarterback is. Exactly. Like, mm -hmm. is it Dwayne Haskins? Is it Kyle Allen? Or for crying out loud, is it going to be Alex Smith? I mean, nobody would be awesome. the answer. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think part of my reasoning is they're going to be so bad, which means there's going to be a lot of garbage time, which means guys yeah. that are lower on the roster are going to be mm -hmm. playing more. So a guy like Gibson is going to be seeing the field more when they're getting blown out. So I think he could score a lot of garbage time points for you. Okay. I completely agree. Yeah. Ironically enough, my first pick is actually 
a, a Washington football wide receiver as well. Uh, Terry McLaurin. McLaurin, I think I'm saying it right. So I, I was I was in my fantasy draft, okay? And so we're, we're picking all these players. This is, I don't know, second, third round. And this player keeps coming up, Terry McLaurin, and everyone's passing on him. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I look him <laughs> up. Um, last year was his first year in the NFL. Um, this guy's 24 years old. So he wasn't like, uh, drafted high or whatever. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what his situation is. If he like gone from the practice squad or whatever, but he's a really good player. So his first year, seven touchdowns, 919 yards. And the best part is that nobody has any idea who he is because he plays on Washington. He is, yeah. he's Washington's number one wide receiver. So He's going he's gonna to get most, most of the looks. Whoever the quarterback is, he's going to get the most looks. And nobody knows about the guy. You can snag him for insane value. So that's, that's the pick I'm opening up with. I was surprised myself when I looked up uh, at this guy. I'm like, how have I not heard that about this guy before? But, yeah. He sounds dangerous. He is dangerous. I, he was one of my favorite rookies last year. Scary Terry McLaurin is what they call him. And he's scary Ooh. for a reason. This kid knows how to play, and if they had better quarterback play, I promise his numbers would be better. He is very good at catching the ball. Sounds like a good pick, Luke. Thanks. All right, so my yeah, first pick, I have Brashard Perryman, another wide receiver, and he plays for the Jets. Perryman, I might just be a little biased because in Madden 17, I played for the Ravens as a quarterback, and he was my favorite receiver, but uh, <laughs> I've always been intrigued by him. He's really naturally gifted. He's tall. Um, and yeah, he has had some struggles in the past with before his good season last year with the Bucks. Um, but last year he had six touchdowns, 36 receptions as a third option. And now that he's with the Jets, I think that he could be one of Sam Darnold's favorite targets. And if they build a good relationship, that he could be a really good bench wide receiver or you know a wide receiver three or a flex player that you need in those bye weeks where your good players are gone. So if you see him in the late rounds, I would definitely pick up Perryman. Hot take, Jets are going to be trending up this season. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I think they're gonna put, they're gonna protect Darnold more. They're gonna see um, the things that went wrong last year. Good, good pick, by the way. But um, um, I think th- I think that the Jets are gonna do better, and Perryman is gonna do better because of that as well. You know, it's interesting because the Jets kind of changed their whole like wide receiver core this offseason. They got rid of mm-hmm. oh, what's his face? I'm forgetting his name. Ah, uh, da da. They're deep threat. He went to Carolina, the Panthers. I'm forgetting his name. Anyway. Oh, um, dang it. Now I'm trying to I don't watch the Jets. <laughs> all right. <laughs> he just yeah, got that thing up, and he, he said he doesn't up. watch them. But they got rid of their main number one wide receiver is what I'm getting at. So they bring in Perryman, mm-hmm. and they bring in the rookie Denzel Mims. So I think that's an excellent pick for Perryman because he's going to get a pretty solid lion's share of the receptions, especially with the news that Denzel Mims, the rookie, is hurt in training camp right now. So – if you're looking for a guy with immediate impact, I think Perriman could be your guy, especially in those later rounds. As long as Darnold's not seeing ghosts on the field like he did last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bro, what a horrible soundbite. I feel bad for him, but yeah. Um, who guys number two, uh, Hayden? Okay, so a running theme on my list of players is rookies because not a lot of people pay attention to the rookies and not a lot of uh, you can't really crunch numbers from last season on them because they played in college. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm going to the tight ends now. And I know mm-hmm. tight end's not a sexy position. I know nobody loses <laughs> their mind unless it's, you know, like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. 
But I think I got a good one in New Orleans, and that's Adam Trotman for the Saints. Now, Adam Trotman played at a very small college, Dayton University, but this man is a multi-tool player. He knows how to block, but most importantly, he knows how to catch. He is a true blue receiving threat. When I was doing draft coverage for my show, I had him pegged as the best tight end coming out in the draft class because of his receiving threat. Now, if you remember, the Saints used to have a really good tight end by the name of Jimmy Graham. After he left Mm -hmm. to Seattle, their tight end production dropped off the map. They haven't had solid tight end production for years. And I think that Troutman can come in and replicate at least some of what Jimmy Graham used to be. I believe he could be that good, especially when you already have Michael Thomas on the field and Emmanuel Sanders, who they brought over in free agency. The defense is already going to be spread thin to stop their good wide receivers. So you put in Trotman, I think he's going to be matched up with some very vulnerable defenses, and I think this is an easy tight end two to pick up. I like any receiver that gets to play with Drew Brees, honestly. So <laughs> you can't go wrong. I'm not going to disagree anybody with anybody who's on that offense. Instant win. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's I've been burned by Titans before in the past, like T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant last year. But I think oh, I finally yeah. got it right this year. I think I got it right with. Trotman for New Orleans. You're All right, Caleb, two. who you guys number two? Oh, you're letting me go next? Thanks, buddy. All oh, right, yeah, so next up, I have another wide receiver, and that's going to be going to be Nikhil Harry, wide receiver from the Patriots. He did have a pretty bad year last year. I don't think him and Tom Brady ever really got on the same page, and he did kind of have a little bit of an injury on the side. Um, but now that they have Cam Newton, I think that they could build a really good rapport. I don't think he really got enough run last year. But if you put these two players together and they go off, Nikhil Harry could be a really good pickup on the side. Uh, like Hayden said, it's hard to tell from rookie numbers when you know he was out a lot of last year and didn't really get a lot of playing time. So that's my pick right there. Dude, Nikhil Harry came in, and I remember there was so much hype for him. And I'm like, I feel like he's just waiting to bust out. Exactly. If He's just like waiting to drop some thunder, you know? I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it's a good pick. Um, I, I, now, I like it. I like my, number, my number two pick. Oh, would you, you want to say something, Cam? Oh, no, I was saying I like it because, you know, I love me oh. some Cam the Ham Newton, so I like anything mm-hmm. that involves him. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm going to go into quarterbacks for number two. I think that uh, you guys are probably going to hate me for this. I'm probably going to get absolutely grilled. I think that Baker Mayfield is going to have his first really good year this year. And Let's go. I don't have I don't have anything <laughs> empirical, I guess, to say to say to show you, but I just feel like this is the year. And I say this because Baker's a winner. He's he's a born and bred champion. He's not somebody who's gonna quit. He's somebody who's gonna come in and he's gonna work as hard as he can and he's gonna find a way to win. He's also immensely talented. Um he he has the ability to get better and improve. And I think the third point is that there's there's a new coaching staff that will, I guess, be better than last year's coaching staff, hopefully. And mm-hmm. that would that would definitely be a plus, I think. And they invested heavily in the offensive line this draft. I think you're starting I don't know if he'll like explode and be like a top three fantasy quarterback, but I think he definitely could be a top ten. Oh, okay. Oh, that that's mm-hmm. pretty high praise. Yeah, that's a hot take there, Luke. Hot take. Only the hottest of takes here on the Factory Report. www.com slash Spotify.com slash Factory Report. 
No, the, the, <laughs> I guess the the only thing I'd say that concerns me about Baker is the drama of Odell Beckham Jr. and the receiving core. Remember last year when they said that Odell could be seen on the sidelines saying to opposing teams, "Come get me, <laughs> yeah. come trade for me." But I think it's a great pick if the drama stays out of the locker room. If Odell and the rest of the receiving core gets their head right and just gets on the same page as Baker, it's a great pick, Luke. No. Here's the thing with Odell. Odell, sorry to cut you off, Hayden. But it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Hayden is, or not Hayden, I'm sorry. Um, Odell, I see him as like a fair weather player. When things are going great for him, he, he, he just plays. You know, he's, he's a diva. All receivers are. I was a wide receiver. I'm obviously a diva. But he's a fair weather player. If things are going bad, he's going to be talking. He's going to be doing his own thing. But if, if this coaching staff comes and says, hey, we're going to win. This is how we're going to do it. I think he's going to buy in and really be a contributor. And I don't know if I want to stake, uh, stake my name and say, Odell's going to be explosive this season, going to catch 10 touchdowns. You know, I don't want to <laughs> say that because he's too hit or miss. But um, he he has the potential to be a contributor. And people people will say he's a loose cannon, but – a loose cannon can still be used for a proper purpose. Oh, I like that. Take. I like that. That's a good quote. That should be on a poster. Yeah, put it on <laughs> put it on a wall. Just What do you think about Baker Hayden? I've always liked Baker, and that's hard to say because I grew up a Texas Longhorn fan and his sooners just, you know, kicked the tar out of my teams. But yeah. ever since he came into the league, I've loved him as a player and as kind of a character. But this was something we talked about on my show when we talked about the Cleveland Browns a couple weeks ago, is that on paper, they look phenomenal. They look like they can compete with anybody. Wide receivers are loaded. They got a great running back in Nick Chubb. But part of me just feels like they're going to underachieve just because that's who they are, you know? Mm-hmm. I love Baker, though. I, I love Nick Chubb. I think he can lead the league in rushing. But it's like, it's just the Browns, you know? I have to see it to believe it. The reason why they've faltered in the past is because of the leadership and their coaching staff. You say yourself, they have the talent, they have the ability to to execute on that talent. Like their players, they can execute, but it's just there's just something there. And when when something when there's that something that's missing, that suggests that there isn't a strong leadership structure that is leading this team. And so that's why I think with this new coaching staff, you're going to see a jump from Baker. But that's a fair point. I'll give you that. Um, all right, Hayden, who you got for number three, baby? Let's go. All right. I'm going to go quarterback, same as Luke, for number three. There is a growing census around the football community that the Denver Broncos are going to be good this year, people. And I'm, uh-huh. and I'm saying mm. you should go get Drew Locke in your fantasy football draft. He mm. came on so strong at the end of last season. Did he not? Went four for one. Yes. Passed for over a thousand yards. What was it like? Ten to three touchdown interception ratio. Man balled out, and his only loss was to the Chiefs on the road. I mean, can you blame him for losing to the Super Bowl champions? Oh my I gosh! Yeah. So yeah, they go into the off season, and they go get one of the best wide receivers in the draft, Jerry Judy, to help mm-hmm. come in and be a true number one. Already on top of Cortland Sutton being there, having a great rookie season. Already on top of Noah Fan, and if Noah Fan can catch a ball this season, I think the Broncos' offense can be clicking like nobody's business. I think they could legitimately make the playoffs. So what I'm saying is, get a Broncos offensive player if you can, but specifically get Drew Locke. I think this man is going to have a great season. Oh yeah, 
He could be a solid quarterback too on your team. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. If you if you have like a a good number one, he's a nice little boomer bust player. Exactly. To pick up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. He gives me a lot of Daniel Jones vibes from the from the Giants, just because because how much he just kind of blew up at one moment. Um, I completely agree that he could be a huge player this season, especially with Jerry Judy in his arsenal to throw to. He's like Daniel Jones, but he doesn't fumble 25 times in a season. So, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. got that going for him. All right, we'll get we'll get back into order real quick. So I'll go and then you go after me, Caleb, okay? All right, cool. Sorry, yeah. I whiffed on that. But um, number three, I have, I have the ultimate boomer bust player in this draft. And this one hits close to home. It's going to be DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, I watched him play in college. This dude is a freaking beast. He's amazing. And he has incredible athletic ability. He can catch. He can run. He can do it all. He is going to be, if anything, the running back for the Lions. Okay? He's going he's gonna to come out, and he is going to be a rookie of the year contender. I am so high on this guy. Um, so... As a as a as a running back to pick, he's not someone that a lot of people are going to be thinking about. You know, unless you're on the Lions or unless you're a Lions fan or whatever. So you can get mm-hmm. good value for him if you already have some solid uh, running backs. Pick this guy up because he has the potential to bust out and really have a good season on one of the most hype hyped offenses coming into the season. The Lions' offense is actually looking really good this season yeah they have all their wide receivers they're gonna have Stafford back and healthy and they have DeAndre Swift this new amazing toy that's gonna help them get better they're gonna have one of the better offenses in the NFC North yeah NFC North Mm -hmm. I I know Mm -hmm. my football back and forth but he's (laughs) definitely a pick you should put some time and invest into he definitely gives me Cream Hunt rookie season vibes because I don't know if anyone really expected Cream Hunt to blow up as much as he did his rookie year. And I could totally see DeAndre Swift doing that if the players the Lions brought in to bolster their offensive line do what they're supposed to do and actually block for him. Then, yeah, DeAndre Swift, great pickup. I'm just a little concerned because at the time when they drafted him, they got him in the second round. I mean, the Lions already have on Johnson, who is pretty dang good at his job. So that's like one of my main concerns is like, Okay, DeAndre Swift can carry the ball. I know it because I watch a lot of college football. I know that man knows how to tout the rock. But how many carries can he realistically get when Carryon Johnson's already on that roster and the Lions already know how good he is? That's what my main concern is. Well, Carryon, mm-hmm. first of all, Carryon's injury prone, unfortunately. Um, also, Carryon is primarily a power back. You bring in DeAndre Swift for more for more yards and passing plays. Um, so. I think that he's going to have a really strong spot as I, I don't know if it technically, I guess it would be the number two spot. I think he, he's still going to be really productive at the number two spot. That's interesting. You bring up passing because I think that's where the Lions really excelled at last year because they really tried yeah. to force the run early on. But when they switched to more of a passing offense before everybody got hurt, they were legitimately good and they like took it to the chiefs. Everybody forgets about that game, but if you're they got screwed out of that game. Yeah. <laughs> if everybody, if you're bringing him in for passing offense, I think DeAndre Swift would be perfect for that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, who, my who turn. My turn. <laughs> All right. So this is a yeah. player I am absolutely chomping at the bit to get in my fantasy draft, which is tomorrow, by the way. 
And this is Raheem Ooh. Moster, running back for the 49ers. This is more for people that haven't really paid attention to football because people kind of know who Raheem is. He's not really that much of a sleeper pick, but he had four touchdowns in the NFC Championship game last year. And with Matt Breida out of the picture, Mostert will see more action, and he, I think he could maybe beat out Tevin Coleman for the starting position. If he doesn't, then I still think he'll get a lot of carries and get a chance at least. And he has proved that he can easily blow up at any moment, and I would easily want him as my bench running back to have on bye weeks or to put in the flex, maybe an RB2 spot at the highest. But Mostert has me drooling over what he's done and, uh, at the end of last season. Yeah, I, I picked him up also. He's he's looking really good. Definitely recommend him. He is, and, you know, there was that slight concern that, you know, he was holding out for a while, and it sounds like he and the organization were on the outs. But then everything got smoothed over, and now he's back in. But I think you're right. I think he's probably their solid number one running back to start with. I think that's a solid pickup. All right, Hayden. Thank you, you thank you. Oh, yeah. Anytime, number four. I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to my roots and start talking up the rookies, but I'm going to keep it in San Francisco too. In case you haven't noticed, a lot of the San Francisco wide receivers have been getting hurt this offseason. Like, a lot of them. And that means that other guys on the roster have to step up. And here's a name for you for immediate impact. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from Arizona State. When I was doing my draft coverage, I saw this guy play and I thought, Good Lord, this man is a true blue speed demon. This All this man knows is speed, top speed, especially with guys like Jalen Hurd tearing his ACL literally just this past weekend, among a variety of other injuries that the wide receiver core has had. Guys like Brandon Ayuk are going to have to step up immediately for the 49ers. So if their run game maybe isn't doing it for them, they are going to have to turn to Ayuk and others on that roster like George Kittle. So if you're looking for a guy that is going to get big numbers from like the first couple weeks, I think IU could be perfect for you. Brandon Ayuk, isn't he that guy who absolutely trashed Michigan State last year? Uh, I'm willing. You're going to have to be a bit more specific, but I think so. Uh, I okay, because I remember. <laughs> Ooh, I, I remember. I remember Michigan State was playing Arizona State, and some receiver. I I think it was Brandon Ayuk was absolutely annihilating him. If it was and an Arizona State I'm, wide receiver, it was probably Ayuk. It will, yeah, it was probably him. If he if he's an NFL talent, yeah, like this kid, this kid is a baller, and he will go out and catch the ball over anyone. Definitely, yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. Thank you, I appreciate it. Your turn, Loki. All right, number four, I have Austin Eckler, running back for the LA Chargers. Um, so mm-hmm. this is a player who. Um, as his career has gone on, he's had a strong upward trajectory. He's a very consistent player, and now is going to be his time to shine within the organization. He's going to in his fourth year. So, let me read you off some stats. Yards from scrimmage. First year, 539. Second year, 958. Third year, 1,550. He has a consistent upward trajectory, and he is a very talented back. The icing on top of the cake is that Melvin Gordon is now gone from the Chargers. That leaves the number one spot wide open for someone like Austin Eckler. He's proven himself to the organization. He's going to get that spot, and he's going to get the lion's share of all the carries. He is definitely going to be a player you want in the in your backfield. He is going to consistently provide for you in those desperate times of need. 
when you're down a couple points, he's got you. If you want a consistent running back, here you go. I think that's a good pick because Justin Herbert, he might be the starter this year. Presumably he will be. And rookie quarterbacks sometimes have a lot of pressure on themselves to get the ball out of the pocket. And having someone like Eckler in the backfield to take that pressure off of Herbert so he doesn't have to throw you know, 30, 40 times a game as a rookie, I think that's a really good pickup. And I think he is going to get a lot of action, especially out of the backfield, You know, even receiving the ball from Herbert. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. You know, that's expanding on his Caleb's point. I think that's Eckler's greatest weapon is his receiving threat coming out of the backfield. And that could be a multi-tool asset to people. You know, Luke really talked up his running ability and that's true. He's a good runner too, but I think his best weapon is his receiving ability. That man is a great weapon coming out of the backfield for years for Phillip Rivers, but now he's going to be catching passes from Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert, like we just said a second ago, but he, he can get it done in a multitude of ways. I completely agree. I think it's a good pick, Luke. My turn, right? Yeah. All right, all right. So I know what you're going to say. I know what you guys are going to say. Yuck. But for my sleeper pick, I have Matthew Stafford, quarterback from the Lions. As a Lions fan, I have never picked him up on my fantasy team because I know he just disappoints. But hear me out, hear me out. Stafford was, as Hayden said earlier, having a great 2019 campaign until his season-ending back injury. Uh, He recorded 19 touchdowns and only five interceptions through eight games, which is actually really good, while also notching 2,500 passing yards. Sure, Stafford is on the back end of his career, and he could be spotty and maybe a little injury-prone, but I think he might be a little overlooked this year. If Stafford comes back from this injury with his passing intact and his main intangibles there, I see no reason to draft him as a sleeper. You're reaching in, you know, mid to later rounds for a quarterback. Stafford could get that done for you. But like I said, this is risky because it's Stafford. I mean, I actually don't think it's risky. I picked him up. His numbers last year were were contending for MVP and one of the best quarterback numbers in the entire league. Um, I don't I don't think that's uh I don't think that's a huge risk to say I want to pick up Stafford. Even if he regresses a little bit, he's still going to be on the Lions' new air raid offense. This this offense that's going to look to take the NFC. Um, I think that's a really good pick. I think um, he's, even though he may be um, spotty on the field, his numbers are very good. And I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with him as well. But I think if you put aside your personal feelings and all the times he may or may not have put the games into question. He's a really good quarterback. You know, uh, I'll, I'll throw this in as an outsider because, you know, I didn't grow up in Michigan. I grew up in Texas. And grew up in, I grew up with a winning team, Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys. throw up the X. <laughs> I was, I was going to throw in the Cowboys, but it's not because they were winning because, you know, I grew up as a Cowboys fan, but I grew up watching Tony Romo. And Tony Romo had a variety of back injuries that derailed his career. And that's my main concern with Stafford is because that's what took him out this past season was a back injury. I know how bad that can linger for a quarterback and how that can shave years off of them. And that pain never really does go away. So that's really my only concern with Stafford is, you know, that that injury could flare up just like that again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're going to go for Stafford, just keep that in mind that he does now have a history of back problems as a quarterback. And that's literally like the last thing you want from your quarterback is back problems. Yeah. Okay. All right, Hayden, who you got for number five? Last round, baby. Uh, Last round, baby. So this is my number five. So we're sticking with the wide receivers and we're going for another rookie. And this was probably my favorite player coming out of this past draft class. 
He plays for the Baltimore Ravens, so if you can get any Raven, do it. But especially this one in the later rounds, because people are sleeping on this kid. James Prochet, a wide receiver from SMU. He's a tiny guy. He's smaller. But don't hold that against him, because all this young man knows how to do is make big play catch after big play catch after big play catch. And he's going to the best offense in the league last year to an MVP quarterback who already has a great running game, who already has a solid wide receiver in Hollywood Brown. I mean, the offense is already loaded to begin with, so it's going to be a pick-your-poison kind of thing with defenses. They won't know who to stop, and I think that they're going to queue up to stop the running game at least early on in the season, which will leave the wide receivers more open to make more big play catches. I think James Prochet can be perfect if you need like a wide receiver three or a bench player. He can come in and just be an immediate impact player for the Baltimore Ravens offense. So he's going to be coming into this offense kind of like a, kind of like almost a slot receiver, like kind of yeah. like Golden Tate. Yeah, because when he played at SMU, he ended up being the most, uh, ended up with the most receiving yards in program history. That was more than Emmanuel Sanders and one other name. But yeah, he's specifically going to be a slot kind of receiver. That's his bread and butter, okay. and I promise you, he can make big plays. Like, go watch his highlight films. This man was electric for the Mustangs last year. With the way that, <laughs> with the way that Lamar has increased his passing ability, that all those reasons you said have me absolutely drooling for this guy. Because if Lamar gets a speedy receiver who just burns down the field while the secondary is worried about Hollywood Brown, Lamar's going to get the ball to him. And Lamar is such a great athlete. You know, like you said, MVP caliber. I'd take any of his receivers, and I think this is a really big sleeper pick and a really great addition to your team, Hayden. Exactly. Thank you. I mean, like. They were sleeping on him coming out of the draft. He was drafted in the sixth round of the NFL draft. So I promise you, like, fans are going to be sleeping on him in fantasy football drafts. He'll be there in the later rounds. I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. I'll keep that in mind tomorrow night. <laughs> I got you. Nice little online little buffer. But I, I knew Baltimore was going to come up at some point, And I wanted to get your guys' take on this. Do you guys think that Baltimore is going to regress this season? Because I do. I think they're going to regress a little bit this season. It depends on what you mean by regress. Do you mean like win less than 14 games? Like, I think sure, but I still think they're the best team in the AFC. Agreed. I think that I think that Lamar is going to regress a bit. His numbers are going to come back, and the team is going to be down maybe a win or two. That's what I see as regress. That's fair. I don't I mean, think they'll regress too much. I mean, like Hayden said, yeah, this won't be like this won't be like crazy, like yeah. down to below 10 wins or anything. That's what I thought it, he was oh, no. I was like, what? Oh. Yeah, that's the They'll stay above yeah. 11, 12 wins. Yeah, I, I think that I think that this the new this new like offense that Baltimore came out with last year, it was something that nobody had ever really seen before. But I think this year that kind of shine is gonna be wearing off and people are gonna see what the Titans were able to do and say, hey, we have a game plan to beat this team. Um and you know, Lamar is an amazing athlete, but every player has learning curves like in their learning curve they have ups and downs i think this year is gonna be a little bit down for them we'll, we'll see we'll see yeah we'll see hot takes again you know that's like hot take <laughs> and he's they like say. they're still gonna win 12 games it's like <laughs> <laughs> they're still really they're still, still be top of the division <laughs> I'm, I, yeah I'm literally the most conservative takes ever yeah they're gonna be down one game oh <laughs> sweet <laughs> All right, for my number five, um, I have Noah Fant, uh, tight end for the Broncos. Um, I know, Hayden, you said that the Broncos' offense is going to be 
uh, something to watch. Their team's going to do a lot better, and I agree with you there. I'm picking Noah Fant because if you don't get one of the elite tight ends like Kittle or Kelsey, um, I see Fant as a more consistent option. You know, consistency again. I'm Mr. Consistency. But he's a player that is going to definitely produce for you. TJ Hawkinson... He just seems like he seems too much boomer bust for me. If you've got if you're confident in your tight end game, otherwise, go for someone like Hawkinson. But I think Noah Fant is the more consistent option. He's someone I'd pick up. Um, yeah, I think that's a good pick. I, I like Noah Fant. He's got a lot of great intangibles, but he really struggled to just hang on to a ball that hits him right dead center in the hands last year. So like 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 I said earlier, if he could just learn to hang on to the ball, he'd be a solid fantasy tight end. Just hope okay. that he can do it this year. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, all right. am I up for the last pick? Bring us home, Caleb. Alright, so for my final sleeper pick, I have Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go out of this world. I was about to just close my laptop and just walk out. <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys. I got TJ Hawkinson. I'm a Lions fan, sue me. But listen, listen. Luke was just talking about Hawkinson, but listen. He might be known for his lackluster catching ability. That really has made me mad as a Lions fan how many times he's dropped open passes. You but know, he was having a pretty good... Part, the most important part of being a tight end in the, today's day and age. It's not blocking, what? it's catching, you know? <laughs> Yo. But he, like I said, he was having a pretty good season before that ankle injury on Thanksgiving. Uh, with Stafford and Hawk back to full health, I think they're both due for a pretty good year. Um, Hawkinson will likely be Stafford's second or third option behind Galladay and Jones. And although his ca- catching ability does kind of scare me, he is an amazing athlete that's been, you know, compared to Rob Gronkowski. And he could surprise if he has developed some more tools in his arsenal, like catching, blocking, like Luke said. And if you find yourself losing out on your main options for tight end in the, you know, later rounds, maybe reach for Hawkinson. But I don't know. I'm a Lions fan. I got faith in the guy. I do think that he's going to improve. I just don't think it'll be this year. I think next year is going to be his big year. What you think? Not, not this coming year, the year afterwards. I drafted TJ Hawkinson in my fantasy football draft last year because I was very high up on him. I thought he was going to have a breakout rookie season. And I felt mm-hmm. nothing but disappointment. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to keep out of this one because I feel like I'm too biased to say anything. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to the line. That's Lions. okay, pal. That's all you'll ever get. <laughs> disappointment Ugh, yeah this team this team has ripped everything i love away from me this, <laughs> this team made me dislike football for a bit no joke but anyway i'm Aiden, done griping luke um, and i have ripped the lines of a new one on many episodes so i think oh, our fans okay. just kind of know how we feel about them about <laughs> yeah exactly say, like, they, they they've heard me many a time go on rants about michigan football lions football you know I don't think I've done the Pistons yet. I should do the Pistons soon. I was about to say, like, you guys are rougher on the Lions than I am on my show. I I at least hyped up their good points last week. I mean, sweet Jesus. The Lions? (laughs) Hyped up the Lions, you said? Yeah, like, we we were, I was at least positive. My co-host, he he didn't want nothing to do with positive talk about the Lions. (laughs) I mean, I will say their offense is looking pretty good this year. I'd have to do um, a bit more research, but they're definitely going to be an offense to watch. And I would rather take an elite offense and an eh defense than, uh, I guess, a mid-range offense and a mid-range defense. Having an elite unit is really valuable, I guess. But, I'm sorry. I was yeah, having yeah. war flashbacks to those early day Cowboys from like 2010 when their 
offense was great and their defense couldn't stop anybody from scoring 50 points. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was thinking that, too. The, mo- the moment he said that, I was like, no, 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 you don't. No, no. you don't want that. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting into, boy. Exactly. I've been there before. I served my time. It was rough. Well, well thanks for coming on the show, Han. Uh, where can they find you? Okay, so I am the host of the NFL and You podcast, and we do episodes every week, a nice mix of comedy and football. You can get that Ooh. wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. You can check us out on the social medias, uh, at NFL and You. That's one word, by the way, NFL, the, and you, just the letter U at the end. Uh, you get us on Twitter, at NFL and You. We have a Facebook, facebook.com backslash NFL and You, uh, YouTube channel, where we post highlights and other skits that we do. And you can get me on Twitter at Vasser, where I try to sound smart about football. Nice. <laughs> you and me, bro. It was bro. great having you today, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Our first of many guests, hopefully. We'll see what happens in the future. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you like what we do here, make sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Luke Gremman. That's L-U-K-E-G-R-E-M-B-A-N. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Caleb Burlingame, C-A-L-E-B-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E. Thank you all for washing your hands and staying six feet apart. This is The Factory Report. All right, cool. Well, I, I, that was good. Yeah, thanks for...